Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hey, we're back. We've really been in the thick of it with Indiana behind-the-scenes stuff with Rabby, with Peegs, with Sage Steel. How great was she? Awesome. I and mean, they were all awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, we've really been hitting behind the scenes. Well, and it, what's crazy is these excellent journalists, and you expect it from Sage because she's an on-air personality. But with Rabby and with Mike, who even in person, like when we hung out with him at Nick's in December, not the most ver- like verbose animated, but everybody really brings it. And I don't know if part of it's because we're on the phone and people aren't aren't they they're not seen, so they open up even more. They're also all drunk. True, we get them. All, it's yep. a requirement on this podcast that you have to get drunk yep. before talking to us. It's the only it's the only way they can convince themselves to do it. Also, yeah. <laughs> um, but look. Pigs. We we've 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 gone down the road of pigs. We're going to talk to Ken Bikeoff soon as well, but uh, we're powered by pigs. Oh, that is. It was my first time really trying. Let's try it. one more time. Okay. Powered by pigs. Yeah, I'd let it trail more. Give it more. More. Yeah. Okay, one more time. Uh, powered by pigs. All right, let's get to today's. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Hoosier Nation, we have a really cool guest today. It's kind of what we do. Uh, This is a very recent Indiana basketball player. That's my clue to you. Eric, you want to fill them in on the rest? We have never never had anybody on the show that is this close to playing basketball for Indiana University. That's pretty cool. It is. We're going to get some real recent inside scoop. And... Who we have today is a graduate of Carmel High School in Indianapolis, Indiana, a two-time state champion. Pride of the Greyhounds. Pride of the Greyhounds. We have a gentleman who started his career playing Division I college basketball at Vermont before he saw the air of his ways and came back to Indiana University, where he played for three seasons for Indiana, where he was a two-time academic Big Ten honoree. He was also the Big Ten sportsmanship honoree, and maybe most importantly and most impressively, the captain, a co-captain, of the 2018-2019 Indiana Hoosiers, I would say that who we have on the phone today is somebody who could be described as the heart of the Indiana University program for the last few years. Please welcome Zach McRoberts. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Quite an introduction. Yes, well, come on. I mean, <laughs> you we could have earned gone, it. You have. We could have gone on and on, but but we felt like we needed to actually talk to you instead of just intro yeah. you. Yeah, just cut the chase. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was uh, that was very nice. Thank you. So, Zach, uh, what's going on, man? Where are you right now? You're you're still in Bloomington, I assume. What is going on? How is your senior year uh, shaping up? Um, yeah, I'm still in Bloomington. Um, I graduated last year. This year, I started my master's just to play another year. So, uh, been working on that a little bit, um, and then just been been in Bloomington still. Um, so when you, just when, here. So when you say you're working on that a little bit, yeah, does that mean this year there's been <laughs> a? Le- Go ahead. Uh, it's like uh, it's six hours a quarter as opposed to like a semester system. So it's designed for people who are working and are able to like work at work online on their masters, uh, like after they work. Got and it. So it's like it's it's a pretty good it was a pretty good setup for this year. Give walk us through your classes. What classes are you taking? Um, you just um, it's business analytics. So I've taken some some courses around that, some econometrics, um, business like data design. And that's that's been it so far. And is it through the Kelly School of Business? Yes, it is. And and you already see maybe where that's going for you, where where you could be entering into the workforce, or are you still just realizing Bloomington is the greatest place in the world, and you don't want to <laughs> think beyond that? Uh, no, I've I've been uh, I've been around uh, talking to some different people about uh, what what will happen after I'm done here. So uh, I've been working on that. No one, no one. I get got to get on top of that. So, uh, there you know, right after the season, I was I was trying to figure some things out. What is the dream job for you? Do you know, like, what as you look forward into your future, what would be the ideal place for you? Um, not not totally not, not totally sure, but just you know, try to get some places around Indy, um, stay around the area, just because uh, from here I know it. Um, it's it's comfortable, and I think I think people know me a little bit, so. Hopefully that helps out and, um, you know, get to work here soon. So before we get to basketball stuff, I just got to know you're, you're, uh, so I guess you're not a, you're a, you're not a senior. You're what, what do you call Super it? Senior. Super senior. Okay. <laughs> yeah. su- fifth, fifth year senior. On the I victory think, lap. Like, yeah. So you're yeah. a fifth year senior. Yes. The basketball career ended a little while ago at Indiana Correct. when the season ended in the NIT. So then you have this nice little window where you're living in Bloomington. You're uh-huh. taking six hours a quarter. Okay, we'll just leave that as it as online. It is. Online, yeah, whatever, whatever that <laughs> yeah. is. How much fun have you had the last six weeks or so? Um, you know, it's been it's been good to enjoy some time off. Um, you know, even even in the summers when we get to go home, you still don't really have that much time off. You're still working out every day. Um, you know, just taking some time to yourself. I was able to go to Florida for a couple of days and kind of, kind of try to heal my body a little bit before I, I start doing anything more. So, uh, it's been, it's been a good, good time off, but ready to start doing some things again, get back, get, get back to work somehow. Now, did, were you able to be a little more unbridled during little five this year, knowing you, you didn't have to uh, um, answer to any coaches this year or next funny story. I was actually sick. I got, I don't know if it was food poisoning or what. I know people might not believe that, but I didn't even go out that much. But I, it was, yeah, it was not fun. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. 
because Ward, even in Los Angeles and being 40 years old, Ward and I out here in LA were partying during Little Fire. Yeah. We just live streamed yeah. it. It's usually a fun time. I heard a lot of people outside my apartment having a good time, but I was not one of them. Where, speaking of apartments, what apartment complex? Are you in the Evolve apartments? Um, f- actually, me, I'm living with uh, Johnny Jagger, and we found a place before we knew Evolve was going to happen because we wanted to find a good place and sign it so we knew we had a place to live and then um they wanted the players to live all the all the other players live in the ball so we got we got left out of the memo we live at the hamptons like it's pretty close to there it's like a townhouse got it um area but yeah and uh, how big are johnny jager's biceps <laughs> uh you know i'll give him the award of biggest biggest biceps in the townhouse yeah <laughs> we did we did see his name up on the record board when we took the tour there of the uh the cook hall and what yeah, was he it? had a weightlifting record doesn't he yeah, i mean that's he's a little meatball a little ball of muscle i'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> um what's your favorite bar at indiana favorite bar yeah um i don't know i don't i didn't really get out much but i like i like brothers Nice. Just because you get some nice food deals there. Yep. Kind of kind of relax a little bit. Speaking on, cer- of, on certain days. Speaking of food, what what's your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant. I've been getting into Village Deli. Mm-hmm. Village Deli's my my go-to breakfast spot, I'd feel like. Those pancakes. Do you do the pancakes? The pancakes are good. Um I like the gravy. I like the Hoosier uh scramble, I think they call it. It's mm-hmm. like biscuits, eggs, cheese, gravy. You know there is just... an there is an Indiana University basketball connection with the Village Deli. Are you are you aware of that? I feel like I might have heard that, but you can tell me some more detail about it. You probably heard about it on this podcast. The uh, yeah, owners, most likely. the uh, yeah, <laughs> the the owners of the Village Deli are the uh, aunt and uncle of Jordan Hulls. Oh wow! Did you notice your shooting percentage went up after you ate there? <laughs> <laughs> I I did notice that. that. I was wondering what the connection was. And what about favorite <laughs> favorite pizza? Favorite pizza. I like Mother Bears. Yes, it is almost universal. Everyone, yeah. it, it is it is the best pizza. It might be the best yeah. pizza I've ever had. I think it. it you just got it. Like the pizza is good, but I think where they really get you is the crust. Yes. It's like mm. the crispy kind of cheese on it. I don't know what it is, but they, they have a way with it. They know what they're doing over there. Buffaloes? Are we a Buffaloes fan? Buffaloes. I do appreciate Buffaloes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Been, I, there. been there a time or two. I have a question. We've asked everybody about pizza who's been on this program. This is yes. the pizza. I need to know if it still exists. Is there still a Pizza Hut in the basement of the main library? No. Damn. There's not. Yeah, they like redid it. Um, I, don't, I couldn't tell you what's there. But I know Pizza Hut's not there. Got it. R.I.P. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I've been there in a couple of years, like the basement of the library. Um, but, I used uh, to have a class down there. Again, before we we go back to the beginning, I do want to know, um, and I don't want to get too far into how this affected your your super senior year, but how are mm-hmm. you feeling overall? Because clearly, this last year was a difficult one for you from a from a health perspective, and you just yeah. seem to run into a bunch of bad luck. How are you feeling right now? Um, you know, I've been enjoying the time off, getting a little better. I mean, I think I'll, I'm feeling it a little bit still, but you know, still not a hundred percent. I would say, but getting there. So, are you still involved with physical therapy? Is Tim Garl still in your life, or once you? Once you guys uh, uh, were done with the NIT, do they basically take away your key and say sorry? No, no. no. If he, if I wanted 
to do anything, he'd he'd be all for it. He was helping me my my whole career here, so uh, he's definitely a good resource to have. But it's something where it's just sort of a rest thing. Like there's nothing physical to do. It's just sort of take some time off, uh, see how it's feeling, and you know, be smart when I get back into working out again. Whenever I do, so not really in a hurry to do that. But I mean, you never <laughs> never have to again for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's that's sort of my mindset. You know? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, how uh, have you touched a basketball since the season ended? Um, I went into Cook Hall to clean out my locker, and then there were some people in there, and I walked in there, grabbed the ball, threw it at the rim, and then walked out. <laughs> how? <laughs> so that's- is it that's been about it do you feel um do you miss it already or are you just in a place of like you've been overloaded with it for the last three years at iu and obviously then you before that five years ago, your whole the, life your whole life yeah yeah do you feel a sense of relief or or uh, or missing something that was so big a part of your life where's your head at with that um i feel like right now it kind of still feels like i'm just taking some time off so it's like I haven't really fully adjusted to the fact that I'll be done, but it's like uh, at the end of the day, you got to be comfortable with the fact that it was going to end sometime, and this was just part of the journey. So um, you just kind of got to appreciate um, what it was and know the fact that you always have memories of it, but um, you can't change it. You just got to accept it and uh, just kind of part of life. Well, well, let's go to the beginning of the journey. Yes. You are born into a basketball home, to say the very least. Your grandfather. <laughs> yes, that, that and, is correct. Yeah. What you want to take us through sort of the family lineage of, of uh, how how your family played basketball and how that affected you from from the crib on? Yeah. So my grandfather played at Butler. My dad played at Butler. Um, and my brother played at Duke. So from the time I was born, basically just being around basketball, being in a gym, um, it's it's kind of just like, yeah, I think I'm going to play basketball. Like that just <laughs> makes the most sense because you're always around it. You got the resources, you know, kind of um, what it's going to take. So it was something where I never really thought about it. I was like, yeah, basketball is just kind of how we do things around here. So. Um, it's it's interesting. Here I am. It, it's <laughs> how how much older is your brother than you? Nine years. So obviously that's quite a gap. And so yeah, when you, I'm curious if when you started playing basketball, at any point did you was it a choice to actually keep playing basketball or like you just said it was just business as usual? This is what the family did. Did you love it when you were a kid or was it just something that happened? Yeah, no, I think as a kid, you, you love it. Um, getting to play with all your friends um, who you go to school with, you go to practice with after school. Um, and then as you get older, being being able to play in high school, being able to continue those friendships, being able to play in front of your family, like friends, fans, um, especially in Indiana high school basketball, it's just it's so special. It's just, it's, uh, it's an honor to play there and then to move on, um, you know, um, is that was, that was something that I felt like was sort of expected. It's like seeing growing up, having a brother that played at Duke, it's like, well, you got to play in co- Like that's what people do. They are, they're good in high school and they go play in college. Like that's just part of it. Now your, so, your brother was a superstar. 
I mean, he mm-hmm. was highly recruited, and obviously, much so. yes, and obviously, a kid from Indiana going to Duke always makes some headlines. Well, yeah, and then and then also playing for the Pacers for several years. Uh-huh. But yeah. when do you remember as a kid looking up to your brother? What was it like having a brother that was that good and that revered and that focused on in the basketball crazed state of Indiana? Yeah, um, I think I was so I was in like fourth grade, third or fourth grade as that was all going on. So I was a little I didn't really understand fully what was going on. Like I said earlier, it's like, well, this is kind of just what happens. Like people are just good and people like them. And then <laughs> he just like that was kind of how I thought I knew he was good. And I knew like he was special. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, that's just my brother. Like he's good at basketball. I don't know, like you know, right? How tall? Yeah. How tall? Uh, father and grandfather, going back through the generations, are the McRoberts? My dad is about six five and shrinking. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> now, I don't. I don't know how how much he's shrinking. He's like six five. Right. And then I think my grandpa was like six five. He might be like six three now, though. So, so your brother was really sort of the the outlier in being that freakishly tall, right? Six, yeah, my ten. mom's five ten too, so that like kicked in. The height comes from there too. Plus the constant dosages of human growth hormone from the yeah, time HGH, he was yeah uh, and genes. <laughs> sure, that, all... <laughs> that all helps. That all helps. I mean, I've been doing HGH too, but it seems to only affect my gut. Oh yeah, yeah. It just keeps going. I think out. that might just be beer. Oh, could be that. Yeah, just horizontal <laughs> growth. Yeah. Um, so your brother goes to Duke. You're you're too young to really understand or even have an opinion on uh, an Indiana kid going to a non-Indiana school. I mean, do you hear yeah, the words? People don't like that. Now, he- the more I've more I've been around here. <laughs> you didn't hear the words treason and traitor growing up. They protected no. you from that. No. And I did have a fourth grade teacher that me and him used to get into it talking about IU and Duke. Is that true? Fun. Yeah. So, so did you grow up like more a Duke fan as a result, or more a Butler fan, or where were your allegiances? Um, I would say like when I was real young, like I don't really, I'm told this, I don't really remember. Like we went went to go uh, went to Butler games and stuff. Like so, just kind of like growing up a Butler fan, then when Josh was there, a Duke fan, and then back to Butler a little bit. And did you have any connection or affinity uh, for Indiana Hoosiers basketball? Um, pretty much my connect, like growing up in a Butler family, like my mom went to Butler too. My grandma went to Butler. Uh, both my sisters have gone there. So it's been kind of a Butler household. So just kind of appreciating what it was, appreciating the history. And then all my friends were IU fans. So just kind of by default, so just watching the games growing up. This is a question that, uh, we recently asked Armand Franklin, who's coming in mm-hmm. next year. Uh, it's a question that uh, 40-year-old-plus fans uh, like Ward and I, I think, really would love to get in your head about. Yes. When was the first time you dunked the basketball? Freshman year of high school. Walk us through it. Give us the story. It was like it never happened. To, like, it didn't happen for a while after that. I was like doing – it was like after a workout, and I was just like jumped and dunked it i think it was one-handed and i was like what just happened and then i never tried again and i was like let's, let's go out on that and then just started started like consistently dunking like got a dunk in a game sophomore year how good of a feeling was it that first time i mean it, seriously i i, I was kind of just surprised more than anything i was like i didn't really expect it i just went up there and uh you know i was like wow all right how tall were you your freshman year i i don't even remember six four Okay, so you had some good hops. Yeah, 
before I was, uh, before my body stopped working, I, I could <laughs> jump a little bit. Right. Are you, know, you... Hey, 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 you know how, how tall I was going into freshman year of high school? Five. Five. Five two. Uh, five, five two. Five two. <laughs> my, my mom was four eleven, so I thought that might be it. But then then I got a growth spurt. So you get to Carmel High School, which is a powerhouse in the the. It is now. Yeah, so it is now. Well, and it was, <laughs> and you helped make it. I mean, you win yes. two state championships. And, and you grew up in Carmel, like born and raised Carmel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've lived, lived in the same house my whole life. So walk us through your state championship runs your sophomore and junior years. What were those like? Um, it was it was pretty awesome. Before that, Carmel hadn't won a state championship uh, since 1977, I believe. Wow. So Did, did uh, the swim team and, like, the, the, the soccer team they all just like totally ridicule you guys <laughs> yeah yeah basically um yeah the swimming team is incredible that's nuts but that's a different story yeah um so my freshman year actually we were i think we were like finished at 500 maybe a little below uh so it's just like ah uh, well that year was not fun um and then coming back um i remember the first my first memory from that season, uh, coach Scott Hetty, we had like a optional open gym and not enough people showed up. And the next morning, uh, he had us like in the Carmel gym. There's a picture of like all the state championship teams, like every sport. And he like brought us up there and was like, you guys need to do this. Like you're, you're not special or something like not enough to have guys like not want to play. So for about two hours we ran, mm-hmm. and I feel like that kind of set the tone for the season. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, at the, the beginning of the season, my sophomore year, I don't think anybody expected that. Um, North Central was really good. HSC was really good with Zach Irvin and Gary Harris. Um, so it was just – it was crazy. Uh, we lost to them the first time, and then in sectionals – sectionals started. We didn't really have a tough time, I guess, every game. Uh, we won pretty – handily every game uh, and then beat hsc by like 20 which kind of shocked everybody around here um did you have any other division one players on your team no no we had yeah and i was like not i was yeah i was a sophomore like six six skinny but you could ball but you could ball uh yeah i mean I, i played you know i knew my role in high school too so it's like we we were a really good team in at Carmel. Like we knew how to play with each other. Um, we we knew the system well, so like we could play really well together. It, it's interesting though. You brought up you knew your role well in high school too, because I think one of the things I I, I was wanting to save this, but I'll just say it now. Mm-hmm. We we've talked to a lot of former players, and when we have talked to them about the the current team, mm-hmm. you know, and the the team over the last really this last season. The one player that comes up over and over again of of somebody who exemplifies what Indiana needs is you. Jared Jeffries yeah. brought you up. A.J. Moye brought you up to us. Like, without us asking, they all said, mm-hmm. that's the guy that Indiana needs. Like, that's, he's the guy you want to build a program with. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that when we watched you play and one of the joys of watching you play is you never tried to do something that you couldn't do. You knew your role. You played your ass off, which is what Mm -hmm. we love at Indiana. But I'm curious, 
obviously your role on the Indiana University men's basketball team was very different than I assume your role on the Vermont basketball team and much different than your role on the Carmel basketball team. So taking yeah. us back, what was your role on the Carmel teams that, that you won state titles for? Um, so my sophomore year, I was just kind of young trying to figure out my way. I was just like, all right, I'm playing varsity. That's cool. I'm starting. That's cool. Um, like I had good senior, senior guys around me. Like we were all friends on the team. So like, it's like, Hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I want to win. Um, I want to be something special with them. So, uh, that was pretty much it. I just scored some dump off baskets, got some rebounds that year, um, played defense, uh, and then started, sort of moving into my junior year, got a little bit more comfortable. Um, knew I'd have to play a larger role. I mean, and at six then, six, I'm sorry, are you the five on a, on your high school uh, team? I played the four my sophomore and junior year, I think. Got it. I put, and then my senior year, I played five. Okay, but it was sort of like a weird five, like not. I feel like it's a di- it's a different game in high school than college playing right. five, a little more spread out. But you are in your senior year, especially you are the go-to guy, right? You're the guy that people yeah, are counting. Yeah, me, me on. and uh, Ryan Klein. Right. Sure. Yeah. And what? Let's yeah. talk about Klein a little bit. Uh, I mean, we let's hate. Let's not. No, not. we we hate him. <laughs> well, we hate him. We hate him with a fiery yeah. passion. I understand that about. Yes, I understand. We hate him, and we hope everyone who's listening to this hates him. Um, <laughs> what was it like playing with him in practice? Did you know that? I mean, obviously he could shoot, I assume, since mm-hmm. he was like two years old. Um, yeah. Did you know, like, this is a guy that's going to play top-level basketball, or 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 does it does his success surprise you? Um, it's not surprising. The way he wanted to work, the way he, like, could just shoot the ball. I think when you combine, combine his uh, how hard he works and how well he shoots, he's going to find success. Um, I remember uh, his freshman year, my sophomore year, we were working on a zone or something. And he was just shooting from like the volleyball line at the time, like a little, little freshman dude, just being, just blowing the zone up. And I was yeah. like, this guy. <laughs> right. So when did it change from, or I'm sure it happened simultaneously, but when does your mindset start changing from, okay, I'm just a high school basketball wait, wait, player? Wait, let's yep. talk more about, I what? mean, you went and won two state titles sure. in Indiana. Yes. At the high school level. Now, I was there, you know, I'm from Peru, up 31, mm-hmm. just up the way. Uh, I, I graduated at the tail end of single class basketball. And I just know okay. how crazy our sectional games were. Like my junior, senior yeah. year against Ed Schilling's Logan Sport Berries. There was okay. so much hate and vitriol driving yeah. back and Ooh. forth between Peru. Sectionals. Yeah, you know, so, so what now in class basketball, and you're at a gigantic school by the big yeah. city, how crazy do those gyms get as you're making your way through sectionals, regional, semi-state to state? Was um, it still I'll tell crazy? you, there's never, I feel like there's never a better environment sectionals it's a smaller gym than you play in in regionals and semi-state and maybe i don't know but there's the whole we were at a wednesday or thursday i don't know when you play tuesday or wednesday we went uh as a team to watch like the earlier games play like we didn't play till friday or saturday i don't know what what was we weren't playing basically and the whole gym as we were walking out started chanting we hate caramel <laughs> like everyone <laughs> yes. we had no fans there because we weren't playing it let's it's like five six thousand people 
yelling that they hate you and it's it's awesome <laughs> it's a lot of fun and then uh i think winning sectionals my sophomore year was like wow we got a we got a real chance like i think getting out of sectionals you 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 can make some make some things happen and uh it was all history from there is is really fun and carmel i'm taking it you know you guys had a rabid fan base like you had people screaming ripping their faces off every time you guys won <laughs> throwing their underwear at you oh yeah yeah you know how that goes yeah uh, <laughs> no i mean yeah we had some good fans um it was, it was fun to play play at home uh my junior year we played so my sophomore year sectionals were at noblesville and then my junior year uh we had sectionals at carmel so it's it's awesome to play in front of like sold out crowds, regardless of how big the gym is. It's, it's how how uh, big is the Carmel Gym? What's the capacity there? I could not tell you. I'm about to look it up real quick. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty big, um, and it's just it's cool because it's older. Um, there's it's a uh, wood wood bleachers instead of like retractable stuff. Right. So it's it's a. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, Zach, I played high school basketball for a, a school in St. Louis, Missouri, Ledoux High School. Okay. And the best game that I ever had was my June – no, sorry, sophomore year. I hit four three-pointers against a Lindbergh team. I can remember almost everything about those four three-pointers, and I think <laughs> about it often, like way more often than what is socially acceptable. He's, he's, right, he's right. the Al Bundy of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I just, that is, I remember it. And I just remember it being like the pinnacle of my athletic life, which clearly was a low bar. But, yes. But you have had – thank you. I'm glad you agree. You are correct. <laughs> yes, it's so true. I, I can guarantee you no one else rem- – maybe my parents remember the four three-pointers. But maybe. although They although, might have it on tape. Quick side story about that. My parents came to every game I ever played. They came really? to that game late. They missed oh. me hit, I think, all four threes. <laughs> they came to it oh. late. And then, like, the the somebody in the stands had to tell them, like, yeah, your son just drilled four three-pointers. They missed my entire <laughs> pinnacle of – yeah, that's real it tough. It might be on VHS somewhere. No, please. Yeah, you might be able to dig Maybe it Maybe on 16 millimeter. <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah. my question to you is you've played at very high levels, both in high school and college – but is yeah. there a high school moment, a high school game where you were just in the zone that you think back on like, God, that was as good as it can get? Um, not really particularly. I know my senior year sectionals, we never, we didn't win it. But the first round, I remember that like we played a team we, we should have beaten. Like the first round, I was like, it was the fourth quarter. And I was like, hey, man, we might lose. We were losing. We couldn't get anything going. They were kind of like stalling a little bit. And uh, just kind of took over the game, game a little bit. Yes, but that was that's about it. That's uh, a good feeling, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, nobody's going to stop me, so I might as well just try to win the game real quick. See what we can do. And uh, so that moment, but I mean, we didn't win sectionals, so it's kind of a waste of my time. <laughs> do you remember? Um, <laughs> wow, I like that attitude. But do you remember how many po- how many points you scored in that game? Uh I think like seventeen, but like all towards the end of the game. Got it. Do yeah. you do you know what your single game high is? Twenty nine. Which that wish is... you could have gotten thirty. I missed a free throw. Ah, oh, 
But 29 yeah. points. I mean, you are smoking it at 29 points. That is incredible. <laughs> Against Kyle Guy. Yes. Oh, no, I'm kidding. He, I was a senior. He was a freshman. I don't care. Don't cool. Leave that part out. We'll edit that part out. You scored 29 on Kyle Guy, period. I don't think he even – he definitely didn't even guard me. I was playing the five. No, no. He, he guarded you like all game. He guarded you all game. You lit him up. No, it was just against Lawrence Central. They were in our conference. So I I do want to know, because you mentioned Kyle Guy, you mentioned before Gary Harris and Zach Irvin. Yeah. Playing at high levels at Indiana and even low levels at Indiana, you play against incredible talent. Right. Who is the best player you played against in Indiana high school basketball? I'm trying to – I play Gary Harris, I would say. Gary Harris, Zach Irvin, uh, Devin Davis. Uh, we played against Colin Hartman. He was, he was good. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to list some people I played against. Yeah, you don't have to make everybody feel good by naming them all. We just want to know. What. I mean, Gary. <laughs> I'll Harris say is, Gary Harris, just yeah. given the history of uh, you know what he's doing now. He is a unique talent for sure. So, yeah. so when did you realize? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play basketball beyond high school. Um. Or was that just a given? It was kind of just a thought in my head. I didn't understand like how the whole process worked. I guess um, just like, well, I'm just gonna play. I'll play AAU. Hopefully, get some offers. Hopefully, get a chance to go somewhere. And uh, I did. So. And were you recruited by? Were you recruited heavily? Uh, no, I got some mid-major offers. No schools from Indiana. So, including uh, Butler. Uh, they, I took like a visit there my sophomore year and that was it. Never heard from them. So. Wow. Were you surprised by that because of the family lineage from being in Indianapolis? Um, I, I didn't really know what to expect. So I wouldn't say I was surprised. I was just kind of like, well, that'd been cool to go there, but you know, it worked out. And as yes, it did. And when you were in high school and in the AAU circuit, and when you were going through that, obviously coach Crean was the head coach of Indiana. Did, right. you, did you have any contact or relationship with him or any of the assistants at Indiana during your high school uh, run? No, not at all. Okay. So then yeah. how do you wind up at Vermont? Um, I, uh, they re- recruited me. Um, I, took a, <laughs> I took an official visit there. Um, and if you see the campus, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a great place to be. Um, liked the coaching staff, liked a lot of the guys on the team. So um, it, was just a, it was a good fit. Um, and then ultimately decided um, step away from basketball. So, well, let's well, yeah. Well, I, I just imagine like the the campus tour at Vermont. It's like you get there, like Bernie Sanders is there. He gives you some Ben and Jerry's ice cream. It's like <laughs> Let, let's go, kid. I'm gonna take you around. Is that? I mean, it seems very idyllic, right? It is. We, yeah. You, oh, yeah. Bernie yeah. was there. Um. <laughs> Bern, uh, you know what? People don't know this. Bernie can hoop. Candy. <laughs> Bernie can really he's got a drop step that'll just <laughs> catch him at Patrick Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so you 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 had a good year your freshman year. You're playing a lot. You're you're you know you're contributing to a team. You guys go to a postseason tournament. What, obviously you made the decision after that year to step away from basketball. Yeah. Was that something? I, I can't imagine that was something that just happened all at once. It must have been something that was a gradual feeling for you did that happen throughout your freshman year that something just wasn't right with playing the game anymore um I would say it was kind of after the year kind of looking back at it um yeah I just didn't feel right um and just decided maybe it was time to I don't I didn't know what what didn't feel right but maybe it was time to try 
uh, life without basketball, see what, what that was all about. Um, kind of try to figure, figure some things out. And, uh, ultimately that took me to IU just because I knew I needed to get a degree. Um, it was an in-state school. Uh, wasn't trying to go from having a scholarship to go into a private school. So, uh, when you ultimately, when you Zach, when, when you ultimately made the decision to step away, that is a huge decision for a young man to make, especially someone who comes from the basketball lineage that you did. Ball is Uh life. Ball ball has been life. (laughs) Right. And, and was life. Right. Was that, (laughs) how difficult was that for you just emotionally and mentally, to actually make that call, that is a huge, you must have been feeling just a tremendous amount of, I, I would think, stress in, in yeah, making that call. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very stressful time. Um, leaving leaving basketball, um, didn't leave on the best of terms, um, you know, leaving, leaving the guys behind. Um, you know, it wasn't easy, um, but I think um, it got me to where I, where, where I am now, so... Um, it was definitely an interesting journey, but, uh, I think, I think everything happened how it should have and, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't change my time at IU for anything. Now, how big of a student body is there at Vermont? I could not tell you. Eric's Googling it right now. Yeah. Let me know the Google. No, I'm not, I'm not Googling it, Ward. I just have this information off the top of my head. Let me know. You guys just, it's his brain's external hard drive. Here's why I bring it up. It's probably, it's, it's, it's a smaller school than Indiana, right? 11,898. Okay. I was going to say around 10,000, but yeah, no, you're about right. So factoring in to this big life decision, does it have anything to do with like, Five thousand coeds compared to like twenty thousand coeds. Is it, is there's a, clearly an allure of Bloomington growing up in Indiana of like a great fun party school with with beautiful people there to have a good time. Did you did you want to get back to Indiana for some of that college life you grew up maybe hearing about? Did you ever go down to Bloomington as a high school kid to party a little bit? No, I never did. Uh, I've never really been a partier. Kind of just like. Like hanging out with like a select group of people, being able to relax. Um, so not not huge in the big party scene. So that really wasn't really wasn't uh, a big factor in my decision at all. Kind of just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of focus on school. Yeah, um, not everyone's a degenerate. Lord. Yeah, I'm really I mean, I'm really <laughs> showing my hand here. Aren't good I? lord, it's a huge life decision, and it wasn't based around party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy's a mature kid making a life decision. He's not looking no. just to get laid and drink. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's why I never got any scholarship off. That's why we're in your garage talking to him. Yeah, I'm questioning everything now. Yeah. So when you, uh, what was the first time? you stepped on campus at Indiana? Um, I mean, I came to like football games with my like friends when I was younger. Got it. As, but... as like a joke? As a, as like, I mean, like, was there another team you were rooting for that was playing? I don't even know if we went into the game. Yeah. I remember just like throwing the football around. Like we had like an RV. I, I couldn't tell you who they played. I, I, I remember I came back and was sick, so maybe that was a sign I shouldn't have gone. Yeah, that is a good sign. By the way, just <laughs> a quick side story. I am sure that what I'm about to say is factually inaccurate, but is how I remember the story. My freshman year at Indiana, my parents came for Parents Weekend, mm-hmm. and it was like in mid-October, something like that. 
and yes. there was a game, a football game against Michigan State. Tony mm. Tony Banks was the quarterback of Michigan State who went on to an NFL pro career. Decent, we, yes, decent. It was like it was icing. It was like it was disgusting. It, icing, yes. It was. It wasn't even like sleet. It was just <laughs> ice fall. It was like God cracked open an ice cube tray and just dumped it. Okay, we went to the game. We left at halftime. The reason we left at halftime is I believe the score was somewhere around, again, this may not be factually accurate, but I believe the score was somewhere around 35 to nothing, Michigan State. And the most impressive part is I think Indiana had one tackle in the first half. Ooh. One tackle. <laughs> wow. It was punt return touchdowns, kick return touchdowns. I mean, it was like interceptions return for touch. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That's that crazy. Game. Yeah. Well, I think this, this you know, that Zach, you, you did what most people do. You left an Indiana football game feeling sick. Yeah. That was a very <laughs> typical experience at any level. But yeah. now but now you're back for 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 school. Yeah. You're going you're yes. to go to the Kelly School of Business and that's it. You're not going to play basketball. Right. What happened? What changed your mind? Um kind of just missed it. Um it's it's the easy thing to miss having having that support system of your team. Um waking up every day knowing knowing kind of what you're going to do, knowing like you know, this is what this is my purpose kind of at least in college kind of being uh, kind of trying to figure figure out who you are, uh, what you want to do. Um, kind of the year off didn't really help, so I was like, well, I think I'm going to try to get back into it, um, see what I can do, uh, just because I missed it, really. I didn't join with any – kind of just wanting to be a part of a team, wanting to be, you know, with, with the guys again. I didn't really join knowing what my role was going to be, didn't really think about that at all. I was like, well – if I'm a practice player, at least I'm just I'm doing something. I'm part of the team, um, and then ultimately was able to kind of carve out a little bit of a role, and then uh, you know, here I am. So when you were uh, you were now a sophomore in school at Indiana, yes. you're just a student. You're mm-hmm. I assume you 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 know basketball. You like basketball. Do you go to any of the games as just a fan? Uh, I do not because you got to get like student tickets yeah. uh, at the beginning of the year and they're expensive and I wasn't trying to be like, you know, paying anymore. So I was just kind of, so you, kinda, didn't, you didn't go to no. a single game. I did not. Did wow. you, did you watch the games on the television? Um, a little bit. I, my friends used to have them on. I remember watching them, uh, win the big 10 championship at Iowa. That's like the last. Yeah, that was one, a good I team. That was watched. the Thomas Bryant's uh, yeah. freshman year, mm-hmm. right? And they win the Big Ten title. Your, your old nemesis, yeah. Colin Hartman, was on that team. That's right. Yes. So, when do conversations start with the basketball program, and how do those start? Do you make it known that you're thinking about it? Does somebody come to you? What What's the line of communication there? Um, I think I, I, it happened a while ago. I think Coach Buckley might have um, texted me. We might have met before, like, at the beginning of the year. So I feel like I had his number for some reason. Um, And then sort of like in April, maybe late March, April, um, I was thinking I want to play again um, and was just exploring my options. Um, And texted Coach Buckley, said I was interested, and met with him again. Then maybe a couple weeks later I was working out. Um, it was like a try, like a unofficial tryout. I was just working out, uh, me and James Blackman, 80 minute workout 
which uh, if you know Coach Crean, it's not an easy thing to do a 45-minute workout, let alone an 80-minute workout, especially when you haven't worked out in a year, wow. <laughs> like hard like that. So uh, it was definitely definitely a challenge, but I, I was really ready for it. And then the next couple days, um, I was back on campus, even though school was out, I was back on campus, getting back in shape, lifting, um, working on my body again to be ready to play at that level. What was your initial, uh, if you remember, your initial meeting or conversation with Coach Crean, and what was your initial perception of him? Um, if you ever talk to him, I think, you know, he's he's, uh, he's a real, real nice guy. You can talk to him for hours. He can talk for hours. You can listen. Well, we know he and... can talk for hours. <laughs> he can talk for hours. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, he was a good good guy to talk to i think he was i think after the workout i couldn't even breathe i was trying to find some water i sat down and talked to him for about an hour hour and a half um just talking about what i could do here um you know he's he was like well i think you'd be able to you might surprise yourself you might be able to carve out a little bit of a role um just continue to work be here this summer working and uh you know we're excited about it um and i think you know, I, I'll always appreciate him giving me a chance after I haven't played for a year just to join the team, uh, believing in me like that. Um, it was it was pretty cool. So um, I always appreciate Coach Crean, what he did for me. Um, changed my life being able to play for IU. So um, it, he's, he's a great guy. Now, not growing up a huge IU fan, when yes. you, you do finally – put on that uniform and the candy mm-hmm. stripes and you run out onto that court, let's say for your first Hoosier hysteria. Yeah. Did, did you, did you at that point feel the magic? The, the thing that like I grew up, you know, in a yeah. household, my dad went to IU, it, my grandmother, we, you know, rooted from the time I was born in this magical thing and we'd go down for games mm-hmm. and I was all in, always have been on that. Is is that the point you bought in? Uh, yeah. I think just like seeing it, it's you don't really have to. I'm from here. I understand what it means. Like I didn't have to be the biggest IU fan to think, wow, I'm playing for IU. This is crazy. Like it's 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 been surreal from the time I've joined the team. Just being able to run out on the court every day, whether it's practice or the game, like. Uh, I never want to take it for granted because, you know, it's, it's, I know it's ending sometime, so you got to appreciate why you've got it. So, um, it's, it's been special. So you come to Indiana university with a perspective that very few do, which is you played division one basketball for someone else. Yeah. What was the difference between playing division one basketball for Vermont and playing for Indiana in front of the fans of assembly hall? Um, there's nothing like being able to play at Assembly Hall. I think um, being able to play in front of 17, 17-5, uh, man, it's, it, it was amazing. Um, being able to make a play, hear the crowd get loud, um, there's nothing like it. I remember playing uh, North Carolina my first year here. Um, got to play like eight minutes. I had four fouls. I was way too excited. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I remember <coughs> – Somebody made a big play, and it, they called a timeout, and it's still the loudest noise I've heard. It was like a jet. My ears hurt 
on the court. I was like, this is crazy. That's when I was like, wow, this is crazy what I'm getting to do. Like, I'm just out here playing for IU, North, playing against North Carolina on ESPN. Like, this is, this is, this is special. And you, and you guys had already beaten Kansas at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. In Hawaii, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's then... pretty nice. You So let's just go over your, let's just like. This is a good start yeah, to a condense, career. <laughs> let's condense your life real quick. Yeah. You go from, you're, you're playing Carmel High School basketball. Great. Yes. You go to Vermont playing in, in front of a small school with a tepid fan base. Uh, including yeah. Bernie Sanders. Yes, including Bernie, Bernie. Sanders was at all the games. Lots of row. Birkenstocks. Lots of Birkenstocks. <laughs> you decide to walk away from basketball. You've quit basketball. You're not playing yes. at all. You decide Correct. in March or April, you know, hey, I want to play again. Oh, you start working out with the team. And yeah. just like four months later, five months later, you're in Hawaii playing Kansas on national <laughs> television and beating them. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know the secret. I didn't play that game. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like, I honestly, I honestly did not care. I didn't play. I was like, I'm here. I understand we played Kansas. I haven't played basketball in a year, so it's like, why would I play? You so, had real uh, good seats. Yeah, <laughs> I, potentially the best. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, it was a cool experience. Uh, we got to see like Pearl Harbor Memorial. Um, you know, we got to do different things. We were there for like three or four days. I did see the beach once, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was a cool experience. That's um, great. Yeah. So from where I was to then was was pretty crazy. Your your first year at Indiana was a was a tumultuous oh. year to it, say it, the it least. It starts off great. I mean, you guys got up into the top ten after that North Carolina win, right? So you're like, wow. Yeah, I think we might have been third. Wow. Um, before we get into where the season went, again, <laughs> let's not. Yes, we don't need to focus. on <laughs> Thanks that. for coming on the show today. <laughs> but I am curious. That's my time. But yes. But you are on a team chocked full of talent, not the yes. least of which is a gentleman by the name of O.G. Ananobi, who, who gets OG, injured. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. What was he like in practice, behind the scenes? How much of a just physical freak was He's he? He's a beast. He was just so strong. His legs are so strong. Um, Did you have to guard him in practice? Athletic. I had to guard him in like Hoosier's area, and I remember seeing a tweet that was like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, man, I, I couldn't tell you. He's obviously very good. He's very strong. Um, and then people didn't really know who I was then, so I was like, well, this guy can't play defense, this white guy. So <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, he was, he was uh, a challenge to guard. Um, and obviously you see his success at the next level. It's, it's not surprising. He definitely, he definitely earned it. And just the way he worked every day, um, it was, it was special. What was his personality like? Because from the outside in, he was known for one word answers <laughs> and short shorts. Yeah. Short yeah. shorts and one word answers. So short shorts and short answers, everything. Yeah. What, what was he uh, like behind the scenes? He was a funny guy. He was funny. He was, he was fun to be around. Um, just, just a good dude. Um, I would say no complaints about him. Um, good, good team guy. Uh, entertaining. That that's, yeah. that seemed loaded. Like maybe there were complaints about others. Oh yeah, big complaints about me. Really, people hated me. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no, no. I like honestly in my three years here, I don't think anybody like. There's nobody where I was like ah. 
I got to see this dude again today. Like it was, it was pretty special. Um, got along with everybody on the team really, which I don't know a lot of, a lot of other teams that might be able to say that. All right. I, I have to ask you about this though. Cause you said one of the things that brought you back to basketball was this idea of knowing you had something to do, like yeah. knowing a plan and a schedule. We uh-huh. have heard from several people. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know where this is going. <laughs> that that is quite the opposite of how Coach Crean ran his team. That you Let me never... tell you, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that true? So you no, did not, I don't. You did not know that going in. I don't think I did. But I, that wouldn't have changed anything. I was ready to okay, play again, fine. so I was like, "Well, it didn't change anything." Something I got to deal with. Yeah. All right, but but Zach, um, what was it like not knowing what your life was going to be <laughs> hour by hour? It was it was absolute chaos. I couldn't plan anything a day in advance. It was. Uh, I think they might have a rule about it now, like the NCAA made, like you have to have like a week long schedule. The cream rule? They call the. the I, it might be called that. Rule. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've heard that, but that might just be guys talking in the locker room. Did but, did, um, did the guys talk about it? Like, were you guys like, would you talk about like this is insanity? Matt yes, Painter yeah, would never would do this. Yeah, people <laughs> didn't like it, but that's just the way he did things. Um, obviously, he did he did a lot of good for me, so I'm not yeah, going to sure. sit here and talk about about no. bad about him. But the schedule was definitely, definitely interesting. I remember there was one day I didn't know we had off until 5.30. And that was just like the craziest thing. That's like the craziest event that happened. But pretty much you kind of knew when practice was going to be. So like you just didn't know for sure if you had a day off. or. Mm. But like you knew the time, the general time frame of practice like throughout the week and then like the weekends might change a little bit, but and you just that the, because they have so, you guys all schedule classes at a certain time of day. So then another time yeah. of day is open for practice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They have to do that. So, but just, just in the summer, you didn't know exactly when like your lift or individual workout was going to be. So that was just kind of stressful, but um, he has, he had a reason for it. So, well, you know. maybe. Did you did you see an advantage, a yeah. method in that madness that w- paid off? Uh, did you guys? No, <laughs> no, we didn't. No, no, we didn't. I mean, it kept guys on their toes. Kept guys. I guess he was trying to keep guys out of trouble. So yeah. Um, like I said, he had a reason for it. Oh, that's an interesting um, was, idea. Like you can't drink or do drugs if you yeah. might have to go to practice. Yeah, like guys can't go out late that oh. night if they're like, oh. "Well, I don't know if we'll have tomorrow off." Like, I think it, it might have happened after some guys got in trouble. I, I was going to say, but, okay, but, but, clearly, but that's the first actual reason I've heard. That's for that. fair, but clearly, guys I got th- in trouble. I've never heard that. I think that's just sort of my that's my personal guess. Well, that is that is the only thing we've ever heard that is a rational explanation for it. Which, yeah. on some level, I do understand although i would say if your team has such a problem with drinking and drugs that you need to come up with that you better start recruiting different players (laughs) it's that mcroberts kid he's the one coming in and causing all kinds of trouble i think it just takes one or two guys to be like he because i feel like when when things went wrong he got blamed and it's like dude i can't control 17 of my players out like out at 1 a.m when i'm like at home sleeping and i think that was kind of unfair on him it's like Oh, we need Coach Crean to get take control of his guys. He's like, there's only so much I can do. So I guess he just had to take that take that uh, next step and make things a little little more dramatic. Well, here's a, a quote from your high school coach, Hetty. We didn't have to worry about our locker room with Zach around. He took care of everybody. 
Did you find yourself stepping into a role like that uh, at, at your time at Indiana? Did you obviously you became a co-captain here this last mm-hmm. year? Is that something that because uh, we hear rumors even about this last season or maybe every season to a certain degree over the Crean era when there's been issues? Uh, it's not just up to the coach, as you're saying. How much is it on the players, particularly the leaders of the team, the co-captains of the team, the senior? Is that just a crucial element that has to be there for a team to to function? Um, I think you got to. I think it starts with the guys. Like, if you got guys that don't care, you're not. You're gonna make, I'm not going to make anybody care. Like, I think there's a certain extent where I can lead by my words, lead by example. But at the end of the day, it's like you want to be good. You want to win. Um, you want to care about your team, your teammates, or you don't like, there's only so much you can do as a leader, um, to try to convince people, uh, help people along the way. So I think, um, there's only so much you can do and then it's up to individual players. Um, and then I guess the team as a whole to come together and understand what your goals are, understand what it takes to accomplish them. I, I want to ask you about, I don't want to get into the specifics of you know, games that happened in your freshman year or not freshman year, sophomore year at Indiana, redshirt uh-huh. sophomore year at Indiana. But what is interesting to me that you would have a unique perspective on is you join a team largely because Coach Crean gives you this opportunity, which is an amazing opportunity that you took full advantage of. But right. very early on in that year, really when OG got injured, things started to head south. Um, uh-huh. You know, and I think some of it is to be expected because of injuries. James Blackman gets injured later on in that year. And yeah. as the year goes on and the losses pile up, the other thing that starts happening is the hot seat under Coach Crean starts heating up. Uh-huh. And I'm curious if you – how aware were you during that year that there was a real kind of fervor building amongst some of the fan base that it was time to say goodbye to Coach Crean? Yeah, I feel like uh, even way before that, I feel like people were always talking about Coach Green and his job. So it's um, true. I wasn't, su- yeah, I wasn't surprised just seeing some things around the way we went from third and beating Kansas to Carolina to kind of dropping dropping the five hundred or around there. But I think what you realize you lose you lose a pro and James Blackman and a first round draft pick and OG. That's not going to help a team. Um, so I think that was kind of tough, just a tough situation, but I think it was just kind of, uh, I would say an imperfect storm to how that happened in coach green. But, um, I think there was, there was knowledge around what could possibly happen. And then, uh, when it ultimately happened, I think guys were, uh, not totally shocked, but just kind of like, well, I guess it's, it's time for the next step, but, um, you know, obviously, uh, not what we wanted, but it's just a part of the part of the business we're involved in. Now, as fans, when that happened, we were—I mean, it—it it is outside of your team winning like a national championship or making a run. You know, uh-huh. a coaching change is as uh, enthusiasm-filled as a time yeah. for a fan as possible because it's all hope. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all what hope, could be. Rumors. Yes, what, exactly. Oh, this guy did this here. Let's let's get him in. Maybe you can do the same thing here. Did you yeah, ever I see? Did you ever see Billy Donovan looking at horse farms? 
I did not. Okay. Those rumors right. were crazy. Yeah. Well, that I, I would love to know, did you as a player during that time, I mean, your life is being directly affected by it. Did mm-hmm. you get on Pigs? Were you looking at the message boards? Exactly. Uh, I'm not a premium member, so uh, no. You're not. No. A, I, Zach, I will give you my username and password. You can be a premium that. member Thank from you. now on. Watch people talk bad about me. No thanks. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, hey, no. I think I think you would be You'd pleasantly be, surprised. Yeah. You'll see people talk bad about a lot of other people. Yeah, don't tell your teammates what what you're reading. All right, about. I won't I won't share the password. <laughs> um, but but were you interested at that point? Are you following it like a fan? Are you guys are the guys on the team talking amongst themselves on who you would want to come in? Oh, this is going to be great if we get X. Is the, are those um, conversations happening? It's kind of like, well, I heard we might get. Um, this guy, like, oh, I hope we don't get this guy. But that was about it. Who right, didn't come you on. want? Who, Who didn't you want? <laughs> I'm not going to get in the Oh, names. come on, man. <laughs> what, Nothing? What, uh, I, I didn't really know anything. Okay. I just heard a particular coach that popped up was um, very intense. Um, and... Guys, the guys weren't sure about uh, how he ran things. Greg Marshall. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I, if I'm wrong, say something. If I'm right, say nothing. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. So. But you know, we saw how that went uh, this year. Yes, the, we did. Season. So I mean. Uh, yep. I'm not gonna not gonna sit here and. Talk talk bad. Man's so, a, the man's a good coach, but you, yeah, you you yeah. got you got another coach. crazy wife. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, so Archie Miller gets hired, coach yeah. of Dayton. A lot of success at Dayton. Conference right. championships. Went to an Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Comes from a long uh, line of coaching. Great pedigree. What's your initial thought when you hear that Archie's hired? Um, I didn't really. I didn't really happen yeah i was like well that's the next step we're gonna have a team meeting let, let us know what he's all about and uh we're gonna get to work um tell us about that team meeting yeah um just kind of kind of took the guys in and said well i didn't recruit any of you but you're all my guys now um we have certain standards uh we're gonna work a certain way um and this is gonna be the way that it is and uh you gotta be ready to go uh we're gonna start lifting monday with uh Coach Coach Marshall going to be one of the best strength coaches uh, in the business, and uh, we're getting to work. So, how immediately was different was Archie from Coach Cream? I'll tell you the best thing about it was like having a weekly schedule. That was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he was uh, very very organized. Had a schedule for the whole week. Um, and then just sort of like a different attitude. I think you guys see it, um, sure. different, different minds, uh, offensively versus defensively, um, just sort of just brand things a lot differently. Well, let's get in a little bit to the X's and O's, but first I want to know what's like your emotional reaction to the guy, because he comes across very serious, uh, austere, like yeah. you don't get a lot from him in his public speaking and you know, I think as a human, certainly not like Coach Cream, right? right. Yeah, you definitely know, wh- not. You notice an instant difference between public speaking, um, sort of, you know how they how they are in front of a crowd. Uh, I mean, just us being the crowd, just team meeting. Um, sure, obviously was ran differently. Film sessions were run differently. Um, What's he like in that more one on one or a coach with a few guys on the team? 
What's his vibe? Um, he's just an intense dude. I think you guys see it on the sideline. Nothing, nothing changes between um, how he's talking to you in a film session, how he's talking to you in practice, versus how he's acting on the sideline. I think what you see is what you get, which is uh, something to appreciate. And uh, you kind of know what he expected every day. Does he get on players? There's been some, I think, unfounded criticism that he doesn't he didn't get on certain players the way he should have gotten on them when they made mistakes in practice. How hard is he on you guys? Um, yeah, he'll let you, if you mess up, he'll let you know. Um, there's definitely no, no baby in guys. I don't, I wasn't on Twitter all year, so I don't know. Or Smart. any forums or anything. Yeah. It's, it's uh, not a good place for uh, positivity and keeping your mind right. If you want to, uh, you know, try to try to power through, through some, some injuries and, you know, playing playing through pain. It's not a, not a nice time of uh, Twitter. So uh, yeah, stayed off Twitter. Not sure what people were saying, but um, yeah, there's no baby in guys, um, and I think think guys on the team definitely knew that. Good. Uh, yeah. So what's interesting about your career at Indiana is Coach Crane gives you the opportunity. You come on. Uh-huh. You, you talked about how the Kansas game, you didn't play at all. North Carolina yeah. game, a few games later, you did play a little bit. And you a really do carve out a role, though. By the end of that year, you are a guy that Coach Crane yeah. is relying on for a certain role on the team. Mm-hmm. Archie comes in. The The dynamic of the team changes. And it almost feels like, from a fan's perspective, that you start back at ground zero. Yeah, push, at, push the reset button a little bit. Yes, more so yeah. than any other player. Um, yeah, definitely. And it wasn't until I don't think there's any coincidence that the team the team obviously struggled mightily at the beginning of of, of two years ago. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> but but we, I we all blacked out. But I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence that the team started to find a little bit of its footing at the same time yeah. that Zach McRoberts starts playing and having a significant role on the team and starting a lot of games. Yeah. What was it like for you? grinding it out again for kind of this is now your third coach in three years of playing college basketball Mm -hmm. um what was that like behind the scenes for you was it frustrating was it just another challenge um yeah it it was definitely frustrating I think um just sort of you guys saw at the beginning of the year what we were like um just wanting the chance to get out there wanting the chance to to do something make an impact in some way um just bring energy for a couple minutes a game I think just getting out there um, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to get out there for a little bit, um, kind of work my way in, obviously having to reset like I did, um, not ideal, but it's like something, all right, well, this is, this is what's happening. I gotta, I gotta go prove myself again. Um, let me, let me work, work super hard in practice, um, show them what I, what I can do. And even in practice, they're like practice points. I was top five throughout the beginning, like first six weeks of practice. And then, uh, finally, like, eight games in I started playing a little bit so well um two questions on that one the gold jersey thing yeah how meaningful is the gold jersey um I mean uh it's it's good to let the guys know uh how practice points work I guess um you don't have to run when your team loses and that's about it I think the coaches value it and that's you, the coaches value it. Well, okay. Uh, the other thing I wanted, yeah, the coaches value it. <laughs> I get it. Um, and and some members of the media do too. Yeah, I mean, some yeah. Articles, yeah, they like that. It. So, 
again, from the outside looking in, it seems like a big turning point, which was a big turning point for the team, was the Crossroads Classic that year. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a huge turning point for you because you yeah. had an incredible game. And I think it mm-hmm. was one of the 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 brightest spots of the year, truthfully, was how you played in that game and what you could bring to the table. Yeah, uh, I think I, that was a big game. Can big you game walk us me, through that game? And then, and then I want to get to the last moments of that game. But what did that game feel like? Did, did you have an exceptionally good week of practice leading up to it? Did you know you were going to have a larger role in that game, or did it just come to be? Um, no, I could not tell you how my practice was before that. How uh, I just remember the game, game or two before that, I was playing at Louisville. Uh, we were playing at Louisville, and I just wanted to play. There was a guy on Louisville that was talking a little bit the year before that, so I made it kind of personal when I was guarding him. And like, I remember Coach Ostrom was like, he was one of their better players, and Coach Ostrom was like, he's been he's been guarding them too much. We should switch him off. And Coach Miller was like, he's been guarding them all game. He's fine. Like he hasn't done anything, and that <laughs> kind of gave me some confidence. Like they kind of he kind of believes in me. Um, so just playing playing pretty well that game, and then just carrying that momentum into into the next game. Um, just played with a lot of energy, and uh, being able. To, I don't know if they had a scattering report on me or what, but they weren't like the only thing this guy does is play defense and offensive rebound. And uh, I, w- I was able to get, I think I got like seven that game. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, it's getting like one or two a game. You're, you kind of feel like, wow, I'm kind of doing a lot on offensive glass right now. So getting seven was like, well, this is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun where you can just uh, kind of have a free run at the rim and, and go make a play. You also set a record in the Crossroads Classic that game for <laughs> most offensive yeah. rebounds in the Crossroads huh. Classic with seven. That's a that's an interesting record. That is a good <laughs> record, man. That is your name is in the record books. Yeah, they can't take that away from me until somebody gets eight. But one of those offensive rebounds won the game for us. Yeah, walk us through that play. Here's what happened. Got an offensive rebound in a very similar situation um, earlier in that game, like the same side of the rim. Everything I shot it and missed it, so I got that bounce. That last bounce when Juwan missed that free throw. Got it. I was like, well, I cannot shoot it right now. I'm going to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> just like I did earlier. And it just happened that they like quadruple teamed me. And I was like, oh, Juwan diving to the rim, dunk. And then uh, that was that was it. How good did <laughs> so, that feel, man? Pretty, pretty exhilarating. That was, yeah. That was, I think, one of my favorite moments of my career here. I think that was, especially being in the Crossroads Classic, you got all the Got all the fans there. Got some homies that all there. Hate you. Yeah, some. What did you have? Some homies there. Some people come down from Carmel to check it out. Um, I could not tell you. I had my family there. That's all I knew. That's all I gave tickets to. So <laughs> I don't know who was there, but I think it's a similar situation to like Carmel in a sectional. It's like you got all teams, all fans of all the other teams rooting against you. So it's like it. It was a. Uh, it was a special moment. You mentioned. Um something interesting between coach Ostrom and coach Miller yeah. uh, that, that they, they had a little bit of a, not a disagreement, but they had a conversation that resulted uh-huh. in, you know, you obviously staying on the guy. Yeah. Can you, we, I don't have a good sense of the different roles that the different assistants. Play. Yeah. I was going to say, if you could give us sort of a taste of what each one of those guys, what their role is, their function, their personality, give us a little uh, reader's digest on each guy. Uh, all right. Uh, so the way we do scouts, they kind of just alternate 
who does like coach Ostrom has one coach bruiser coach coach Schilling. they kind of like scout they have different teams yeah different teams like and if you have they'll have a certain big 10 team like um i could i, I can't tell you a specific team i forget but That's like okay. regardless of when we play let's say michigan state one game and the next time like they're gonna have the same scout just because that makes the most sense whoever, it doesn't matter they, whoever when, scouted michigan season, whoever scouted yeah, michigan state this like year was the, real good <laughs> yeah yeah they were uh man i still remember playing at home i was not not the the player i wanted to be and got messed up on a scouting and matt McQuaid got a jumper and i was like well that's that's too bad um <laughs> but they they knew they knew what they were doing against michigan state um Derek elson actually did a really good job too he helped uh he helped scout. So he, he was trying to tell me on the sideline, he's like, it's going to be a wide pin, get on top. And I was like, what dude, it's so loud in here. I can't help you. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So they, they switched to scouts. Um, that's how that works. Uh, coach Ostrom, obviously the associate head coach, um, probably the biggest voice of all the assistants. Um, but I mean, I would say they all kind of during timeouts and stuff, they all, they all have their opinion and then kind of give it to coach Miller. And then he decides what to do with it. Um, but I would say they all, they, I don't, I couldn't tell you like specific. Well, if they, if they, they were like a, a team of superheroes and you could okay. say each one has a special trait they bring to the team. Could you, a defining trait for each one in your day to day? Like we hear about Ed Schilling's player development. Is that something yeah. you saw a lot of? Yeah. So we would start every practice with coach Schilling, uh, doing like at least the guard, like guards, guards would doing, uh, skill development, um, and then you'd be like a offensive guy, coach brew kind of watch, watch rebounding defense, stuff like that. And coach Ostrom kind of watching over everything a little bit. And what's Elston doing? <laughs> run the, running the scoreboard. Got it. Got <laughs> it. He, is, is he pretty good at that? Pretty consistent with it? He, yeah. He's good at that. Good at that. Breaking down film, uh, knowing what's coming. Does it, he's, he's good at that. We hear a lot from former players that they find it, um, not disappointing, but they wish that a former Indiana player that was there during some glory years was a assistant coach on the team. Does having Derek, who has experience as an Indiana Hoosier for a team that was ranked number one in the country and the number one seed in the tournament, did you find that from a player's perspective? Is that at all helpful? Is he able to communicate what the Indiana-Purdue rivalry means, what playing against Kentucky means? Does any of that um, translate? Um, I don't know the extent he's allowed to coach. So, like, at least he's not allowed to say anything during – or, like, say much during practice. Um, he's pretty much there to run the scoreboard. Got it. At least during practice. But then sort of just, like, being in the locker room, obviously that's a good guy to have around, good resource. Um, so I think that that helps guys out, um, knowing he's been there not too long ago. Um, not only from a basketball perspective, but just outside – school-wise right um, being a student having, having athlete there recently yeah yeah <laughs> and how does it help at all from a player's perspective that archie was a high-end player at a division one school yeah i think that always kind of earns some respect um knowing knowing your coach has been there um played played at a very similar level um and just kind of just helps you understand that they've been there they know what they're talking about type of type of stuff they kind of um, know what it means to be a be a player. Now, talking about this season, yes, there's a lot of rumors floating around uh-huh. about 
the team chemistry, what may or may not have happened off the court, practice, locker room. Um, what, what did can you tell us specifically, or you know, if you have to be generic about it to not to uh-huh. not get in trouble with anybody? But keep in mind, you're graduated now; they can't touch you. <laughs> um, you know, and and this goes back to our conversation about how's the coach a leader? How are you know you and Juwan uh-huh. figuring into this? It was team chemistry was was some of Archie guys that he recruited compared to some of the Tom Crean guys? You know, on on your end of things, were there yeah. were there issues of trying to mesh over both seasons really? But it, it seemed that a lot of people were screaming about it this year. Were there issues with chemistry amongst the players this year on and off the floor, or is that just something the media and the fans invent to justify struggling yeah. on the court? I think that's just sort of invented. I think if there's a team chemistry problem, you, I guess I would probably know. And I didn't didn't really realize anything. Uh, I think it's just sort of the well, something goes. We started off what twelve and two, and then kind of take a downturn. Like there's got to be some reason. And it's like, well, I, I if I knew the reason, I'd tell you. And I knew. I know it's not chemistry. I think guys all got along, um, and just I think seasons go wrong because seasons go wrong. I don't know if there's a specific reason. But I, I can definitely tell you it wasn't a chemistry issue. Well, injuries. I mean, look, obviously you had your own battle with injuries. Yeah. And do yeah. you think that's, again, you're probably not following it like we are every day, but like the team was ravaged by injuries to a large yeah. degree. Do you, and, and then you hear about, well, then they can't have good practices because people are hurt. Do you really think that played into like losing 12 of 13? Was all those injuries a bigger deal maybe than we even made it on the outside? Um, I think, yeah, it, it messes up, I guess, um, just sort of the flow of things. I think when you got guys who are hurt, um, I think just pers- from a personal experience, me being hurt, um, kind of not knowing fully uh, what it was or like how how I can get better, um, just sort of not being you, like guys don't feel right. Um, I felt like just kind of a step slower. I think you guys all saw it this season. Um wasn't didn't really feel fully like myself and that's kind of disappointing having having my last year being being injured um but i think that sort of just it messes up the flow of things uh just the rotations um how guys play with each other um that's obviously not what you want so i want to i want to take a step back before uh, we get any more into this season because your career progression is so interesting and fascinating yeah. to me you go again just to recap Carmel Star, state titles, Vermont, walk away from basketball, come back, don't even know if you're going to have a role on the team. Coach Crean realizes, oh, this guy can really be a contributing factor. Be- you, you carve out a nice role at the end of Coach Crean's, the, the last you know half at least of Coach Crean's last year at Indiana. Coaching mm-hmm. change happens. You hit the reset button. Coach Archie hits the reset button. You have to prove yourself again. You do. You become yeah. a... I would argue besides Jawan on the team, one of the most reliably consistent players on that team in Archie's first year. We knew what we were going to get out of you. Archie knew mm-hmm. what he was going to get out of you. And now you go into an offseason where you're not a role you're not um you're not a guy looking for a role on a team. You are now being expected to fill a role and probably yeah. a starter. And you are then awarded co-captain. Right. What was that can you walk me through the conversation, walk us through the conversation of when you were told you were going to be co-captain, how that all happened and what that felt like? Um, so we had to fill out a sheet of like, Coach Miller has us do this before every year, just kind of kind of like a talking point in the team meeting, like 
has guys fill out a sheet, how many minutes they think they're going to play, how many points, rebounds, assists they're going to get a game. And then, like, at the bottom of the sheet, it was like, who do you want to be captain? So, like, guys kind of told me, they're like, hey, I voted for you, man. And I was like, thanks. So, like, uh, <laughs> it, there was a t- we had a team meeting towards the beginning of the year. Um, and he was like, well, guys are going to play 200 minutes. We're going to score uh, 374 points. Like, <laughs> and then, so we talked about that, like understanding the sacrifice guys have to make as being a part of a team. Um, sort of just like a team, just a basic team meeting. And then he was like, yeah, uh, Zach, you guys voted Zach and Juwan captain. So, uh, congratulate them. Um, uh, and then from here on out, if things go wrong, I'm coming to you too. So congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And get just ready. Sort of, just sort of. Yeah. 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 So did so, he come uh, to you honestly, about stuff? What did he come to you about stuff? Um, when things went wrong, yeah, I think like kind of, kind of came to us, uh, saying we need, need to need to turn things like get get guys going. Just like not at a particular point, but like we started at Penn State slow, and he's like Zach and Juwan, that's on you for not getting guys ready. Stuff like that, just basic like coach, player, captain. You got to be a leader type basic stuff. Were you excited when you got voted captain? Were you nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, very exciting. Joining the team as a walk on my sophomore year, uh, I was like, "Well, a practice player, uh, sit at the end of the bench, have good seats." Uh, just wanted just along for the ride, and then uh, to be where I'm at now, voted captain. I think that's that's uh, it was very special to me. So it's something uh, I always cherish. Is it hard, Zach? Um, I've heard this throughout the years of following sports that when your leader is not let's say the best player on the team or the guy that's looked to to be the the scorer on the team uh-huh. is it harder for you and especially with all the injuries, injuries you had and yeah. just lack of playing time did you yeah. find it harder to be the captain that you wanted to be because of those things yeah I think sometimes that that kind of gets into your head a little bit it's like well I, I'm not like, if I was hurt, it's like, I'm not practicing. Like, it's hard to get on guys. Like I've been there. Like, I understand what they're going through. I understand they're tired. Um, and it's like, Oh, I'm not going to listen to this guy. who's just been standing around all practice. Like, I don't care. I think that's something you kind of gotta, gotta deal with mentally, whether you're, you're hurt, you're not playing as much. Um, you're not the player you want to be at that time. I think that's tough. But, um, I think there's a certain point where you just gotta be like, well, um, somebody's, somebody's got to do it. Um, I think Jawan did a good, good job of that, but I think it's something you guys got to share. You got to share responsibility of, uh, trying to be a leader. And, uh, ultimately I think guys, if you're not the best player, I think guys might respect you more because it, it says something about you, how you work that, uh, you're not scoring 20 a game, but guys still respect you, um, and understand what you can bring to the team. Um, whether that's leadership wise, skill wise, um, and just just being able to bring it every day is part of it and and I guess I'm asking uh, as fans who are curious where this is all going on the court with Archie uh, mm-hmm. part of being a co-captain I would assume is that you have a pretty good handle on what Archie wants done out there on the floor uh, say both with the pack line and maybe yeah. even more mysteriously with the offense 
Mm-hmm. You know, where where is Archie trying to get things? And we're assuming we're going to see that get dialed in more and more over the next couple seasons as he yeah. fills up the roster with his guys. What what can we expect to see out there that maybe he hasn't had the time or the roster to fully implement yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Crean was an offensive guy. He recruited like it's you know the difference in kind of player style obviously um i think getting getting guys that are defensive minded he's a big pack line guy i think that that's more of a system thing that's not something you can fix in a year maybe a couple of years i think once you get more comfortable with guys around your program um guys understanding what it is when they come into the program i think that's only something that's going to be helped and then as he figures out the offense figures out his guys figures out what he wants to do i think uh you only see it take off from there. Um, Wait, so you kind of made it sound like he still doesn't know what he wants to do on the offense end, which are like, honestly, like it's hard to figure out kind of watching this season in particular, what, what the plan was. Uh, yeah, I think that's just figuring out like different sets we were going to run, um, figuring out whether we want to be four out one in how we want to run our motion. And I think guys just executing that ultimately is, is, uh, what we want to do. Zach, was it hard having somebody with the attention and the hype of Romeo on this year's team? Um, not for me. I don't know how guys, I I think guys were fine with it. Um, and especially just staying off social media. It's like, well, it doesn't really affect you. It's just kind of like you're coming to practice with this guy every day. Um, friend, teammate, like nothing, nothing's really different. And he seemed to be a good guy. I mean, he seemed, he didn't yeah, seem great to guy. be a funny prima dude. donna. Good. Yeah, no. No. Funny. Um, so I, I want to go oh, back. he's funny. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. And, and when you say stayed off social media, was that just you or most of the team on social media? Deron Davis um, didn't stay off social media. I'll tell it, you that. It takes, it takes you one Twitter search of your name to be like, man, I, I guess I'm really that bad and I'm not going to get back <laughs> on. Like, I was on Instagram and I got like three mean messages all year. So it's like, eh, that's, that's not fine. Bad. Yeah. That's, yeah, a, that's like, a good ratio. I'll just delete those and we're good to go. Like, <laughs> but Twitter, man, they, people go crazy on Twitter. I'm not, I'm, that's, I'm never going to be on Twitter. Would you, would you see people like other players at practice uh, upset about what was going on on social media with the fans? Uh, no, I don't think guys brought that, but it's like, it's something I just wanted to keep that energy out of my life. Like I don't need Smart. that. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's not going to help you or, and it, it's just going to hurt you, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, you don't want to get too high, too low. It's just, uh, it's, it's not for me. But, but are you back on Twitter now? No, oh, I, okay. I haven't had a Twitter in years. All right. Well, if you come back on, you have to follow us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eric, that's all, right, all that matters. <laughs> I'm just trying to rack up to... followers. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joey Bronk was our 799th follower. Yes, and his mom really? was our 800th. So there good. you go. Joey Bronk's going to be a good good guy. All right. Well, we're going to get I've, into I've that in a second. Oh, good. Yeah. I want to get into yeah. that in a second. But I want to go back to a specific moment this year because I think it will speak to a little bit of what it means to be a captain and uh-huh. a leader on the team. I, we don't need to get into specifics, but clearly the the single biggest moment of conflict, inner conflict in the Archie, Mer- Archie Miller era so far is when Devontae Green got suspended earlier this year. It was the first uh-huh. time we had – if somebody else had been suspended up until then, which may have happened, we didn't hear about it. But we heard yeah. about Devontae's. Mm-hmm. What 
How did the team internally react to that? How did you specifically react? And did you have to take the reins a little bit more, both with Devante individually and the team moving forward at that moment? Um, I think guys were just disappointed. Like, ah, oh, we're going to miss him for like however long he's out. Um, obviously too bad, but ultimately we've, he's, he was hurt a little earlier in the year. Like me and him were both hurt at the same time, just kind of hanging out at the end of the bench. I think guys, uh, knew how to react with him out, knew how to play with him out. And then, um, being able to pick up the slack a little bit and then kind of, uh, when he got back in there, it only helped us. So, so I think it was obviously disappointing to not have him in there, but, uh, you know, he had, he had things under control and, uh, was able to get back to work pretty, pretty instantly. I'm curious about the sheet of paper that Archie has you fill out where you have to say how many points and rebounds you're going to. Oh, yeah. Would you, I'm going to guess something. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. I would guess that the biggest discrepancy between what they thought they were going to score and what they actually scored would have been Devante. <laughs> I would think I could Devante, not tell you. I never saw him. I would, all right. Well, let me ask you this. If I asked you, what do you think Devante put on the sheet for how many points a game he would score? Ah. Uh. 27, I, I 27. I love, I love Devonte though. He's so, great. Look, I have grown to love him. I have grown to <laughs> yeah. love him, but, but the guy does like to shoot. I mean, Hey, do what you got to do. Unli- yeah. Unlimited ammo, right? Before the internet. Unli- yeah, that that really took off. He had that tattoo for a while. That is good. Just finally uh, blew up. Somebody found it and was like, wait, what's that mean? And okay. Then, uh, here we are. So who was, who was the, uh, who was the team clown? Who was the jokester? Um, Johnny, Johnny's funny. Demizi just was always, always had something to say. Uh, but I mean, everybody kind of in the locker room, just firing back and forth at each other is, is, uh, is fun. Do you know, we gave, we gave Deron Davis a, a nickname that on social media, and I joked about it earlier, but Deron definitely doesn't go off of social media. Oh yeah. He liked many of these tweets. We gave him a, a nickname that he has, I think, agreed to, and it is Deron Grown Man Davis. <laughs> do you think that is a good nickname for Duran? Uh he doesn't need he doesn't need that confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so yeah. who's who's the uh who's the quiet one? Who's the one just quiet always in the one. locker room reading a book? <laughs> I don't think anybody cuz you're I mean, you're around these other so much. It's like no one no one's uncomfortable around each other. So it's like they got no reason to be quiet. Nothing's nothing you say is really I mean, you get might get made fun of, but it's not going to and nothing, nothing's taken too seriously in the locker room. So who's the one? Uh, who's the one that says just the the most ridiculous things in the world? Like the like <laughs> we were told, Elston was that when he was on the team. Derek, yeah, Demizi's just always saying something funny. So he he was a funny dude to be around. Uh, um, is it is Demizi? Is he going to fill it up next year? Are we going to be able yeah, to start I to think, rely on that? Yeah, I think he'll be good. Um, I think thing I really appreciate about him, he was he came to work every day um was like at the beginning of the year he's like man i might not play but i want to learn from you i want to uh kind of work the way you do and uh i'll be good and i was like well i appreciate that um come to work every day um and i'll try to try to kind of help you along the way so that's uh, good he to hear very yeah especially being being as uh talented as he was coming out of high school being from indiana uh he was a great team guy how is Rob Finnessy as solid and just steady as he appears to be from the outside looking in? Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing I was impressed from with him from the time he came and played like 
open gym, I think on a, on a visit once, I think, um, when he was still in high school, I was like, this guy's going to be good for us. He's going to be solid. Um, just the way you ran in, uh, open gym. So, uh, what you see is what you get with him. So he, he was good for us. I have to ask you about one of my favorite players that's ever played at Indiana, Juwan Morgan. Yes. G- give me something. What on about Juwan. Him? Just give me something on Juwan that I don't know. What, what, give me something behind the scenes, just something on, I love the guy's game. I love his deep Barry White like voice. I like <laughs> everything about him. What's something I don't know about Juwan? He's got a dog. What kind of dog? <laughs> uh, I think it's like an Irish setter and like golden retriever mix. I is, don't know. Is he like a big dog guy? Is he, is like he's all about his dog? <laughs> no, not really. He's oh, okay. just got a dog. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> I don't know it. I don't know it. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. What What was yeah. he like as a teammate? As a co-captain. Um, yeah. Uh, it's something – the guy you want to play with, I think that's that's good, um, having that guy you want to play with, um, knowing, knowing he's going to fight for you um, and play hard. I think that's something something you got to appreciate. Uh, knowing he was one of the better players on our team, he's still going to work – uh, the way he did when he was a freshman. I think that's uh, something to say for his character, who he is as a person. How banged up was he that we did not know about? Uh, was he? I don't know. What did you guys know? I mean, not much of anything this year, but it seemed like his shoulder may have been bothering him more than it actually that, that anybody let on. I mean, he didn't miss a game. He went out a game or two, but he never missed time the next game. It just um, seemed... I- I don't want to speak for him, but I don't. I don't really know anything of anything. I think. Uh, okay. I think people were talking about his shoulder, and Tim Gara was kind of like, "Hey, man, your shoulder hurt." I was reading some things about you, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, like, I don't think. Uh, I mean, if he if he was, he was hiding it from me at least. I I couldn't I couldn't now, speak on that. He's been wearing a t shirt under his jersey his whole career. So, does he have some kind of like weird, embarrassing old tattoos on his shoulders? <laughs> he doesn't want people to see. We've yeah, never seen him. He's got crazy tattoos, <laughs> <laughs> like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think he's just a t shirt guy. Some people are, you know. Yeah. You're not. You're not going to. He's Coach Cliff. Uh, our strength coach is trying to change him, show off the arms a little bit, but. uh He's, he's never going to change his ways. What can you tell us, because you've seen more of him and probably not as much as you would have liked to, but we've seen none of him. Tell, tell us about Jerome Hunter in practice and behind the scenes. Um, you know, obviously, um, I don't know how much you guys know what he was doing this year, but um, I think just even in, like, open gym, his first open gym, he didn't know who I was or what I did, and he tried to go at me every play, and I was like, well, this guy's tough to guard. But uh, he's he's going to be he's going to be good. I think he's uh, aggressive offensively. He's uh, athletic. Uh, he's going to be good for us for sure. And now let's get into hey, wait, a little bit. It, of, oh. I just want to know for for you and from what you've heard, is there any doubt in your mind that he can come back? No, there's no doubt. I think he's uh, getting back to things, uh, getting more comfortable playing. I don't know what he's doing. I haven't been back at the gym in a while, but I couldn't tell you about his progress. I'm definitely the wrong guy to talk to about that, right? But, uh, just knowing knowing who he is, how he works, I, I have no doubt. Good. All right, let's get into the future a little bit. You mentioned Joey Brunk earlier. Ward yes. Ward has coined the phrase, which I love: "Bring in DeNoise, bring in DeBrunk." So, okay. uh, do you get that reference, Zach? No. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're no. too young. It was a. It was like a Broadway dance <laughs> tap, tap dance. show yeah. in the nineties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring in DeNoise, right. bring in DeBrunk. Tell us about Joey and what you've seen of him uh, in workouts. 
Um, I mean, I think I just played with like open gym type stuff with him once. Um, I think he's just going to be a good guy to have, good team guy. Um, you know, you know what you're getting with him. Uh, he's going to be a big body in there. Uh, and just going to be a team guy, going to work hard. And what about that uh, hair? Good hair. Great. I mean, yeah, he's got great flow. I think that can only help the team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you, you ever know, think uh, about growing your hair out? You always kept it pretty my tight. My hair grows weird. If I grow it out for a while and like it's not too long, it just kind of grows up. Yes. It's sort of like a, so it's like I could either commit to it and have like a weird middle face or just like keep it short and easy. Yeah, you kept it so easy. So it's like I'm just going to keep it short. High and it's and like it's weird to style your hair and like like when do i style it is it just for games like right practice all the time and sweat stuff's gonna drip i don't i don't want to deal with it that's something that's not your brother had some good flow right he did yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, he's uh i mean maybe that's what got him to the pros (laughs) oh he didn't always have it that's uh, true at duke he didn't have good flow it was later in his career yeah Um, definitely not trace jackson davis yep you played some uh pickup games with him open gyms yeah, he tried to dunk on me once. How'd that go? Uh, it didn't. It didn't go in. Yes, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think he'll be good. Uh, I didn't really watch him that much. I think just being being so far out of high school, it's just yeah. like I I could not tell you. I think I'd be really good if I went back to high school right now, though. Yeah, so I was twenty. <laughs> I was twenty three playing against sixteen uh, year olds. I think I'd make some noise. What is a recruiting <laughs> visit? Yeah, you would. You'd kill it. <laughs> what is a recruiting visit like when you're a player on the current team and a very hyped five star comes in for an official yes. visit? What are do the coaches pull you guys aside and say, "Listen, we're bringing X in. Here's what we want to talk to him about." Like, just walk us through what that's like from your perspective. Um. Being a fifth-year senior and knowing I was going to be gone, I feel like I didn't have that big of a role in visits. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you. But just knowing like they wanted to get guys and we were kind of responsible for uh, for kind of kind of showing them around, showing them like what, it, what it's like at IU, um, just sort of talking to them. So I think guys, freshmen especially, uh, being the closest to them, I think they did a good job. Either talking to him, showing him around, what life is like, I, I couldn't tell you. Did you have a bigger role when Romeo visited? Um, no, not really. I kind of met him, uh, and that was about it. Got it. Yeah. It's funny because from a fan's perspective, you know, we hear about a visits happening, and it's such a big deal, and, like, all of our focus is on that, and we forget that, like, for the other 17 guys that are on the team right now, it's like you guys just have business as usual. You need to do your yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like we got to go. To, we got to wake up and go to class, and then we got practice after. We got to lift. We got film. It's like right. It's it's interesting to hear a fans' perspective on it, just because like you're kind of in this bubble when you're you're, you're uh, a part of the team. It's like well, you're in this this bubble of IU basketball, and you don't you don't understand how how other people are thinking outside of outside of the team. Well, and it it like people like us, we're right outside the bubble, like sort of pounding on it with both fists. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trying, to, trying to get <laughs> yeah, in there. Right there. Yeah. Uh and, and, and with you having been inside the bubble and now and now you're you're stepping out of it and and looking at where it's going. You talk about Joey, talk about Trace, uh, Armand coming in, uh the freshmen that came in this year that are, are uh-huh. developing. Where do you see this team next year? Um, hopefully, you know, a little better than this year. Just wanted to see the program succeed. Um, 
seeing seeing my guys do well. That's all I want. Um, you know, I think I think they'll they'll go as far as they want to. I think they uh, obviously have a lot of talent coming back um, and more comfortability with the system. I think that's only going to help, and I think fans will see the result of that. Because we're losing our two dear captains, you and Mr. Morgan, who Eric's going to name his next child after girl or boy. (laughs) Uh, We're losing Romeo, one of the most talented guys to come through. Did he hire an agent? How does that work? There was a lot of rumors that that he had not hired an agent, but there's a okay. rule, there's a rule now though that in the NBA you can hire an agent and still go yeah. back. Really? Yeah, you oh. it, it has to be an NCAA approved agent, which I assume okay. all the big ones are, but you yeah. can still hire an agent and go back. They're trying to make it so that, you know, kids have That's more of a chance. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, they're trying to But everybody move, move some things around. There is nobody that doesn't assume that he's he's in the NBA next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, but we've had some discussions here with people, uh, people close to the program and, uh, and Eric too. And this is what I want to believe is that even though losing yourself and Juwan are captains and Romeo, our potential lottery pick, that this team can actually be better next year. And I think beyond not being ravaged by injuries, do you, do you see that and that it's just a third year with Coach Miller and all these players who have been there being more comfortable on both sides of the court of the ball mm-hmm. and then the new guys coming in? Do you, do you think this is a team that will make the NCAA tournament next year? Um, I don't want to put – I don't want to give you headlines, but I feel like I don't see why I would say they wouldn't. I think, um, you know, Devontae and Duran being the seniors, so I, I think are going to be – good for the system um obviously being there three years fully understanding uh understanding what it takes under coach miller um i think uh obviously having guys like rob back um i think demizy uh jerome when he gets back is going to be a good you'll get you guys will you guys will be pleasantly surprised with him i think uh that'll only help all right you did this with juan before and i loved it so i'm going to ask tell me something about archie i don't know I think he also has a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I, I have this question about Archie. I get it. it's like a scrappy little terrier or something. Yeah. I, I, oh, I no, think a poodle. When, I, when we were at his Be house opposite. once, I think he put it away. I think his daughter wanted it, and he was just like, yeah, sure. Did, yeah, that I remember seeing videos of some pool party that he had at his house. Yeah. Did, is that a common thing, going over to Archie's house? Um, when there are recruits or for some other reason, I... I there, yeah, we usually go to his house. Got it. And, and can he be fun and just hang out and have a good time then? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> that is such a political answer. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> no, you're so full of it. No, I mean, <laughs> no, he's I mean, a lot of fun. He, at the end of the day, I feel like your coach is always kind of going to be serious, mean business type stuff. But no, well, he's 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 a good dude. He's fun. Yeah. Okay. Has he's he... a good dude. You get you get like because I think that's what we all want to believe, and he has that exterior. You can't really get into it. Uh, yeah. Uh, at a press conference, but that uh-huh. like there's a like a heart of gold in there that comes through when recruits are there, or that yeah. when the chips are down, uh, that players are going to put it out uh, all on the court for him because they believe in him and he believes in them. Is it? He, he's, yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. We can love yeah, him. I it's okay. You, <laughs> no, I mean I think you, it's always good to have a coach that you want to play for and you want to. I mean, it's not easy. Guys are hurt, sacrificing themselves, sacrificing their body. It's not something um, 
I think maybe people might take it for granted, you know, playing through pain, playing through injury, uh, going to work every day for hours, lifting practice. It's a, it's a grind. And I think having a coach and uh, a team, you really want to, you want to play for play with, I think that that goes a long way. Do you think if Archie Miller was on our podcast that we could make him laugh one time? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. The story, I don't know. Sure. the story we tell is that we went to Southport to see Trace and Keon play each other. Yeah. In December, after the Louisville game, and Coach mm-hmm. Cal was there too. And okay. He had Archie rolling. Yeah, Archie was rolling. Knee slapping hysteria over on the wow. sideline. You guys have a video of that, or you guys kind of? You know what? We should have taken a video. We had <laughs> pictures. Yeah, we've got pictures. We could text you. We but... really should have taken video. It's like seeing Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah, he he does laugh. Nobody believes it unless you see it. By the way, Zach saying that there's no way we can make him laugh is both. A testament to how intense Archie is, and also a and shot. Not fun on... you guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach. You nailed it. All right, listen, man. You've given us a lot of your time this morning. We are uh, wait. Huge... Last oh. question. What? Hey, Zach. Yes. Is Archie going to get us back to the Final Four? A time will tell. I'd like to believe so. I want to believe so as a former player, uh, now alumni. Uh, I want to see nothing but success for this program. So uh, I'll say, uh, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Zach, uh, <laughs> we are huge fans of yours. We have been since you stepped foot on the court uh, wearing the cream and crimson. You play the way that we all dream that every Indiana player should play. You you represented the school and the program the way that it should be. If, if Archie and the team uh, continue to get players like you and develop players like you with your grit and your attitude and your hustle, then we will get back to the final four. And we're so happy for you that, that your career ended at Indiana university, that you made that hard choice at Vermont to come here. And we're just happy to call you part of the Hoosier family and honored that you came on the podcast to talk to us. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, I'll always be a Hoosier and that that's uh, something special. Awesome, man. Good luck on the job hunt, man. Hey, thank you. Doing my best. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, find one soon. Do me a favor. <laughs> rub uh, Juwan Morgan's dog's belly for me. Yeah, he likes me. He's a he's a he's a good dog. But good. You know, what dogs aren't? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Zach. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. Take care. Yeah, you too. Fresh off the team. That was really fun. That guy just stepped out of the locker room. He just, like just cleaned out his locker. He's going to do well in life. Don't he's, you think? Yeah, he's just fine. Well, you know, and reading about him a little bit before doing this, they're like, he's a confident dude. You know what I mean? And when you've got a guy who isn't the most athletically gifted who manages to get so much playing time at one of the most storied programs in college basketball, that's a high level of confidence that clearly is, you're walking around 6'6", you just played for the Indiana Hoosiers for three years, you're coming out of Bloomington. I would be super confident. It's funny, though, because I, I – I, I understand that. I never, if you ask me to list 10 adjectives about Zach McRoberts before this conversation, I don't think confident would have been one of them. Not that I thought he was not right. confident, but it, you don't associate it with a role player. Right. You don't associate confidence with a non scoring role player. But right? then you think co captain. Oh, of course. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But and, like Devontae Green. 
confident. Yeah. Right? Rob maybe Finnessy, to, maybe to maybe the too point. confident. Yeah. But Rob Finnessy, confident. Yeah. Jawan Morgan, confident. Sure. That's a really good point that confidence comes in, in different forms. And clearly, you could just tell he's a 22, 23-year-old kid. Told us we weren't funny. Told us we weren't funny, which, <laughs> by the way, is factual. Yeah, no. Smart, too, clearly. He's quick. He uh, He's confident in the way he talks. He's going to do really well in life. And I'll tell you what I found most fascinating. It's such a small little thing. I loved how he talked about Demisey. Yes. I, I love I never would have pegged Demisey as being the guy who would go to a Zach McRoberts and say, show me how to work like you were. You didn't have a lot of great things to say about Demisey this year. No, I didn't. I hope maybe this will give no, you ta- you'll give I'm, him a better chance. Next I'm year. pulling this one nugget out of the interview I, I, saying that this is what impressed me the most. Yes. I will give him I didn't like how he played no defense. So, but but it, it, I don't think he played no defense. I don't think he knows what he's doing yet. He he was he was trying so hard. He was like Forrester, yeah, maybe, man. Maybe they were just trying hard. I know, but like that's all you can ask at this point. Trying nah, hard. I want results. <laughs> it's funny because when you I let it go, but when you were talking to Zach about like Archie's a good dude, right? All in my head, I'm going, I don't give a tumbling if he's a good dude. Oh, or I not. absolutely do. I don't because Bobby I, Knight wasn't a good dude. I I think Scott May would disagree with you. Good dude, good dude, great coach, loyal to to some players to a fault, but I wouldn't say he's a good dude. I, I, I Rick Pitino isn't a good dude. I guess not. He's I, a great coach. I mean, I feel I feel like in in this day and age, okay, we got you a lot of precious, coach, a lot of snowflake kids out there. That's a fair point. And that Coach K is not a good dude. I've heard from behind the scenes. Coach K is not a good Yeah, team. like his players don't have a warm fuzzy towards I don't know. him? No, I think, look. Because I, I, I Hitler had people who liked him. I don't think that's true. No, Hitler I, no, had people I, who No, were... I think Hitler had people who saw they could use Hitler to, to the means to an end. I'm saying okay. is. I can't believe we brought up Hitler. You brought up Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, Is that. We're talking about Coach K. I guess it makes sense. Um, <laughs> that, that when the chips are down. You know, and, and I just want a warrior. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I don't care I feel, how he gets there. Is my point. As long as you're not a cheating lunatic like Patino with prostitutes for kids, I don't really care if you're a good dude. I, I want I, you to be able to get the most out of your players. Look, like I'm looking. You know, I you know I love to talk about the Colts, and there's no uh, way that boy. Frank Reich isn't a great he dude. Might be. And I think those guys in the locker room and then on the field. Warriors, they go to battle for each other. It's not just about who can tell me how to play basketball the best. It's like, who will I put my heart and soul out on the floor for? And I think you do it for each other, your other teammates. But if the coach is part of that equation, he's not some like mean dude you have no love for. Bill Belichick is not a good dude. There have been plenty of players who leave the Patriots. Look, man, Archie ain't Bill Belichick. No, I know, but what all I'm saying is, if he's a good dude, fine. It doesn't. Who cares? I, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. I will not say it doesn't that. have to matter. Bill Belichick isn't a good dude. No, I'm saying I'm saying it can only. I think it can only help. As long I I you'd want, rather root for a good dude. Yeah, I want I want this to be a bunch of people like same thing with the kids like not a bunch of like arrogant entitled. I totally agree with that. All I'm saying is Bobby Knight by by regular human standards, well, would not I, be considered. You wouldn't be like, oh, describe Bobby Knight. What a good dude. You know, no. you know what? I bet. Incredible. 
coach. Look, let me finish. Sorry, go, go finish. How many times did he go to hospitals and children's hospitals Love that, that nobody stuff. ever reported? How much of his money did he give to the library? Uh, so I if you want to talk it. about him, like, cussing at somebody in the locker room to get results and, like, where's the good dude thing? Yes, look, obviously, if we want to go there, there's tons of pros and cons on was Bobby Knight a good it's dude? It's complicated. It's complicated. All I'm saying is if he's a good dude, great. But here's what I think. I think Chris Holtman is a good dude, and people get excited about being a part of his family, and that's part of the reason why DJ Carton is going to be playing for him next year. Yeah, may- maybe. It's a vibe I get. It may be. I- I- that's fine. I hope that <laughs> if you are a good dude— Because, look, Archie's not charismatic, okay? He's not like an Izzo or a Cal right. or a he's Self. not charm anybody. Or a Williams, no. So, like, come on. He's, unless yeah, he's so a- just win. So just no basketball better than everyone. Well, we haven't seen a lot of that well, in the we first don't know. two years. We don't know yet. Like I'm, I'm taking your side now. Now we don't know. <laughs> it worked. The offense conversation that Zach brought up. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Terrifying. Let's just say this he about Zach. He didn't have an answer. Uh, he doesn't know what the, He's been in the system for two years, and he didn't have an answer. The players did not want Greg Marshall. Interesting. I love that. Yeah, and then he he whipped all of them at home in the NIT. Yeah. I wonder well, if they wanted him then. He's a great coach. Yeah. Probably not a good dude. Yeah, so uh, but a great coach. Yeah, hey, look. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll trade up. <laughs> I'll trade up. No, no, no. No, no, no. Archie's our man. Archie's our man. We love Archie. We know you're listening. Zach was phenomenal. We've got more coming up and uh as always, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics. No vowels and hysterics. Email us at Hoosier Hysterics at gmail.com. We've got more interviews to come. That was really fun. The, the closest person to the program that we've talked to. Uh, and this podcast, isn't it? Powered by. Beeks! From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.